Welcome to the Marriage Step Podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their relationship, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. A quick announcement, I just got done launching 11 marriage tools. I'm a big believer in marriage tools. You need tools to know how to repair, how to maintain something, how to fix something. So I've just gone through developing 11 marriage tools and I've put them to video. And each video is me describing the tool, demonstrating the tool, giving examples of the tools. So if you go to my website, drwyattfisher.com, click on marriage tools and you can look through all 11 and decide which ones you need. Once you get the tool, then you and your partner can watch the video of me explaining and demonstrating the tool over and over until you gain mastery. So I highly recommend you checking it out. The marriage tip of the day is have regular evaluations on how your marriage is doing. Look at work for a second. We constantly have evaluations, performance evaluations, once a year, every six months, every quarter, etc. And why do we have those at work? To make sure we're doing a good job, to make sure we're understanding our expectations correctly, to make sure we're not developing sloppy work habits, to make sure we're not getting demotivated. Okay? Likewise, in marriage, we need regular evaluations for the same reasons to make sure we're having proper expectations of what our partner's looking for, to make sure we're not developing sloppy marriage habits, to make sure we're not getting demotivated working on our marriage. Marriage is alive, and so you need to constantly focus on it and be dialoguing about it to make sure it's optimized. So my love bucket tool, that's another tool, I highly recommend you checking that one out if you haven't already, because that's one of the best ways to weekly have conversations about how well is our marriage going? How can I improve? How can you improve? So that we can have a really great relationship together. The marriage joke of the day is I always wished I would have married an archeologist because then the older I got, the more interesting I would become. Okay, the marriage message of the day is five ways to take ownership for your part. What's it mean to take ownership? What this means is that you are regularly looking at where you screwed up, where you contributed, where you were at fault, and then you confess it, you name it, you identify it, and you say it. We're not very good at this because our natural impulse is to highlight where our partner is wrong and where they are flawed and where they screwed up. So it's a little bit of reverse psychology to instead focus on where we screwed up. This doesn't mean that your partner also didn't screw up, But what it means is that we're also going to look at our side, our part. We want to take ownership for our part. So the first way to do this is you need to start by identifying your top three shortcomings. What are they for you? If you were here right here, if you were here with me right now, would you be able to list off your top three shortcomings? Some of you probably could because you're familiar with this concept and you've heard me teach on this before. Others of you, you may have no idea what your top three shortcomings are, and that's dangerous because then you're going to be very difficult to reconcile with. And in conflicts, you may think you don't do anything wrong, which is almost impossible. 
All of us are usually guilty on some level when it comes to conflicts. So this is marriage step number two is owning your brokenness. And all that entails is being able to identify your top three areas of brokenness. So one of mine that I've talked about elsewhere is I can stonewall. And stonewall means you refuse to talk. So when I get really upset in my marriage, which happens at times, when I get really frustrated or just something's not going well in our relationship, I can stonewall. And that means I'll just refuse to talk. I'll avoid my wife. I don't want to look at her. And I can just stonewall. And obviously, that's not healthy. And she does not like it. That's a drainer for her. And I learned that growing up. My mom would stonewall me when I was in trouble. She would say I was in the doghouse and she would refuse to talk to me. And so that was modeled for me. And so that comes really easy to me is to stonewall. But obviously my wife doesn't like it because then I'm emotionally walled off and I'm very cold and detached and makes sense that she wouldn't like that. And so I've had to take ownership for that. I have a bent to stonewall. It is what it is. I need to work on it. I need to own it. I need to identify it. That's step number one. So what are your top three areas of shortcomings? Other common ones can be defensive or contemptuous or quick to quarrel or too independent or controlling or permissive with kids, et cetera, et cetera. So what are yours, your top three? You want to be able to identify them. The second thing, once you've identified them, is you want to watch for them. So for me, since I know I can stonewall, I need to watch for my tendency to stonewall because then I can be looking for my contribution. So if my wife and I have a conflict, I can watch for my tendency to stonewall. And I can think about, did I stonewall? Was I stonewalling right then? It gives you something to watch for. Instead of just looking at how your partner screwed up, it gives you things to look at you and things that you may have done. So the third thing to consider is you want to reflect on your part when deflooding. So this comes out of the floor method tool. It's another tool I teach for conflict resolution, which I highly recommend. Step one in the floor is all about deflooding, lowering your heart rate. And one of the things you're supposed to do when you're deflooding is to look at your part. So normally you get flooded when you have a conflict with your partner. And when you're escalating, you're supposed to say flooded. And that means time out. We're not going to talk when we get hot like this because it's just destructive. So now we're relaxing. We're going to our separate rooms. We're taking walks separately so we can de-flood. During that de-flood time, one of, the th- one of the things to do is to look at what was my part? How did I just contribute? What did I do that just made that thing worse, that conflict worse? How did I contribute to it? What did I say? How did I behave? You want to be looking at your part during the de-flood time. The fourth thing to do is remember the 50% rule. And I talked about this recently in a podcast episode. So in the conflict you just had that made you flooded or the interaction that just made you flooded, your partner probably said some comments about you, probably comments that you didn't like, comments that probably upset you, comments that probably offended you. So when you're de-flooding, think about their comments and consider the 50% rule. And what that means is probably 50% of what they just said about me, give or take, is true. Maybe not all of it. I can't take ownership for 100% of what they just said about me in our conflict. 
because maybe they're getting triggered with wounds in their past, so maybe they're projecting onto me. Maybe they have some type of value in their history, and so they're overreacting to me because of that in their past. So they might be projecting onto me somewhat, so that could be happening. Also, what they just said about me probably isn't entirely true because there was probably things going on in my circumstances that made me partially innocent for what I did or why I did it. So that's another reason I can't take 100% ownership for what they just said about me. But I also can't 100% excuse away what they just said about me. There's probably a kernel of truth in what they just said about me. There's probably at least 50% truth in that comment they just said about me. And so that's what you need to consider when you're deflooding. What's the 50% truth in that critique or that comment they just said about me? What can I own? What can I latch onto? Okay, that's what you wanna be thinking about during that deflood time. And then the fifth part is owning it. So this is where you're deflooding and you're considering your top three areas of brokenness. Did I just do that? Or was it something else in this conflict that I said or I did? What was my part? And with the comments my partner made about me, when I think about the 50% rule, what's some truth in what they just said about me? Maybe they're making, they made some comment about how I'm self-absorbed. And maybe I, there's 50% truth in that. Maybe they made a comment about how, you know, I overreact to a certain topic. Maybe there's some truth in that. Maybe they made some comment how I come across as better than them. So maybe there's some truth in that. So you want to be thinking about the parts you can own. And that's step five, where you finally conclude, here's the pieces I can own. I did this, I did that, and I did this. Okay, you want to be able to own several pieces about the conflict you just had. And when you can own it, then you take that back to your partner and you say to them, I just want to begin by owning my part. I want to own that I did this. I want to own that I did that. I want to own that I did this. You start the conversation by owning your part. That's one of the best ways to start a conversation after you've had a conflict. Start the conversation by owning your part. And then ideally, your partner does the same thing because that immediately infuses humility and forgiveness into the conversation. One of the hardest things in a relationship when you have a conflict is being with a partner who never takes ownership for their part. That's maddening. So the antidote is you start the conversation after you've deflooded with your part, with owning your part. So my wife and I had a conflict not too long ago. And when I was deflooding and thinking about the, the conflict, I was trying to think about my part. And I was able to see that I stonewalled and that I was emotionally walled off from her uh, during the conflict and after the conflict. And so I was able to take ownership for that. So when we came back together, the first thing out of my mouth was, I first of all just want to take ownership for stonewalling and emotionally walling off. And I want to say sorry for that. First thing out of my mouth. And then that prompted her to do the same thing. Then she took ownership for her part and it immediately tenderized both of our hearts. So that's the five things to consider with owning your part. So number one, identify the top three shortcomings that you have. Number two, watch for your shortcomings. Number three, reflect on your part when you're deflooding. Number four, remember the 50% rule with feedback you get from your partner. Then number five, own your part by saying it to your partner after you've deflooded.
Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review. The reviews are huge. I've gotten several reviews lately, so thank you so much for those of you who are leaving reviews. The more reviews I get, the more I will be ranked higher in the podcasts and so other people can find my podcast because a lot of people can't find the podcast if it doesn't appear first in the search results. So when you leave a review, you're helping my podcast get higher in the search results so more people can find it. So thank you if you've already done that. If you haven't left me a review, please do it today. It only takes about five seconds to just click the stars uh, or leave a review. And that may take a few more minutes, but I really appreciate it. If this podcast has impacted your relationship, I would also love to hear from you. You can email me, info at drwyattfisher.com. Also, be sure to go to my website for more resources. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you nurture it, it will grow. It may take time, but it will grow. But if you neglect it and deprive it, it will slowly suffer and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.